Welcome to Nightmerica, a podcast that takes you on a tour of the abnormal, paranormal, weirdly true, and truly weird in every corner across this nation. Because, to paraphrase Ray Parker Jr., whether it's ghosts, aliens, monsters, or monstrous humans, there's something strange in your neighborhoods. I'm Aaron Sagers. I'm one half of the hosting duo of Nightmerica, and I am joined across the internet's by my co-host, Britt. Hi, guys. Yeah, we are joining you this week via Skype because we are in our quarantine lockdown, and Aaron and I like to play by the rules, and we're trying to flatten this curve. That's right. We are good citizens. Although they're, I think they're joining us. We're not really joining them because this isn't being broadcast live. Oh, yes, that's very true. I don't want to be nitpicky about technology, but as the as the elder statesman between us, I feel like I should. No, it's fine. You know, Just please mansplain to me. <laughs> mansplain broadcasting. <laughs> well, a long time ago, uh, I yeah, I don't know. Uh, so I was going to ask you. Uh, we I mentioned Ray Parker Jr., who wrote the theme song for Ghostbusters. Who are you going to call? Now you may not get that reference yet, but. I am happy to announce that you might get... Let me... Where does this movie come from? It's Indiana it's not Jones. the years. It's the mileage. It's Indiana Jones. Which Indiana Jones? Raiders of the Lost Ark. Good. Yeah, technically the movie is just titled Raiders of the Lost Ark, but they added the Indiana Jones part later. I only know that. Because Aaron and I watched Raiders of the Lost Ark via Netflix party yesterday. Um, don't remember that line at all, but I know he was setting me up to give that answer. Yeah. So are there any lines that you remember from the movie? No. Snakes? No. Why did it have to be snakes? No, I don't remember that. Um, throw me the idol and I'll throw you the whip? Nope. Um, bad dates? Do you remember bad dates? No, but that sounds like something I would say. Whether well, it's when the monkey uh, oh. poison, or when the oh, eats I the did poison like that date. part. Um, there's so many great, uh, great ones from that movie, but that's okay. I, I don't remember that, but I'm happy to go like page by page of the script of Schitt's Creek. I could do that by memory. Alexis. I probably couldn't do it by memory, but I could actually, I think, hold my own because I have watched Schitt's Creek. So, uh, you know. You don't have anything on me on that one. No, I don't. I'm sorry. Uh, what about Gilmore okay. Girls? I really wish I could. I, w- I want to watch that show. I just never really got around to it. The um, plural of cul-de-sac is cul-de-sac. Cul-de-sac? Okay. Yeah, it's a Gilmore thing. Well, cool. I'm, and I'm learning something. All right, well, uh, this is a paranormal podcast. Although <laughs> Indiana Jones is, you know, based, it involves a lot of supernatural and occult uh, elements. So yes. You even referenced you know. it for a while on your dating profile. Yeah, I guess we're putting that information out there. <laughs> um, yes, my career was listed as uh, expert of the occult and obtainer of rare antiquities, which is how he was he was referenced. It does sound very exotic. And it's not far from the fact of journalist, paranormal guy, 
and I do have some fairly rare antiquities. And I think it's uh, a good way to weed people out to see if they like your common interests. Like for right. a while, I had triflers need not apply, um, which is in a very obscure reference from my favorite female serial killer, Belle Gunness. Uh, mm-hmm. But no one got it, so I took it off. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's you okay. really want to open strong with a good serial killer reference in your dating profile. Especially that I idolize a female serial killer. Yeah, not terrifying whatsoever. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. So, <laughs> um, welcome to our well, paranormal podcast, guys. Yeah, uh, where we are learning way too much about one another already. Uh, so, today we were going to talk about well, we were going to talk about bars, and then it kind of evolved into sort of bars slash music venues. Was there a particular bar or club that, as a young person, that you would go to, gravitate to, to listen to live music? Um, To listen to live music? Not really. I have to say, going to art school, like, growing up in Chicago, going to school there, because we were under 21, of course, we couldn't get in bars. I didn't have, like, a typical college experience in that way um but when i graduated we actually went to um a honky tonk bar called Mm. saddle up um that actually was super fun um it would be like country music there was line dancing live music and then at like midnight or 1 a.m it would switch over to like club hits but it was pretty fun what about you? I I've been to many honky tonks. I I haven't. There wasn't like a place that I like as a. Uh, there wasn't a place that was like a regular hangout for me. But I have been to many honky tonks. And when I lived in deep South Georgia, there was a bar where you could go listen to live music, uh, rock, jazz, but also they would do country music. But honky tonks. It's interesting you bring that up because that is actually the story I wanted to kick things off with tonight. Get out of town. And get i i am gonna get out of town in fact i'm gonna get so far out of town that i am going to go to wilder kentucky so in wilder kentucky come for the ghosts stay for the music that's the slogan of bobby Mackey's music world in wilder kentucky have you ever heard of this one Britt? i have not and i'm in like any bar who says come for the ghost stay for the music in right i'm going 
It also, as a honky talk, it's really underselling the music when it's like, uh, let's lead with the ghosts. Uh, and then the the music gets second billing. But anyhow, in Paranormal Circles, it's definitely one of the more famous and relatively recent supposed haunted landmarks. But it is a nightclub. It's a honky-tonk. And the paranormal reputation of this supposedly... There, there's a lot of asterisks I'm going to add throughout the course of this story because there's a lot of questionable dubious claims however it is a really interesting story but the haunted history or haunted reputation goes back as as uh as far back as 1991 which is not that far in the scheme of things not yeah not not that long ago in the scheme of things however it has but it preceded a lot of the paranormal tv shows and the modern Mm -hmm. paranormal reality genre that kicked off in 2005 2004 but uh 1991 bobby Mackey, his wife janet i believe who has since passed away his uh the caretaker caretaker carl who has also since passed away they were guests on the jerry springer show they also talked about the the haunted history on geraldo on a show called real ghosts uh also known as haunted lives National Geographic, when they were going through sort of their ghosty phase, talked about in 2006. And then we entered this phase of the modern paranormal shows where it started showing up a lot on Ghost Adventures in 2008, on Most Terrifying Places in America in 2009, Ghost Hunters in 2011, Paranormal Lockdown in 2018, Portals to Hell in 2019. So, and, and Ghost Adventures has gone to it uh multiple times i would say they really should be credited with popularizing it in in modern the the last 10 years or so but so the story is uh, as a country music venue it opened in 1978 by bobby Mackey, country music performer and according Does he have to any Mackey, famous songs that we would know so the music world is owned and operated by Bobby Mackey. It also serves sort of as a personal venue for him to play. He other other acts play there as well, but he also performs there regularly. But according to him, the area was originally a slaughterhouse in the 19th century before being torn down. And that part seems to be validated, corroborated by facts. About two and a half miles from where the venue currently stands in 1896, this is more of the true crime territory, in 1896, the headless body of a 22-year-old woman named Pearl Bryan was discovered. Uh, Obviously tragic, and it gets even more tragic. Pearl was from Greencastle, Indiana, and she was pregnant. She was encouraged to meet her boyfriend. I will I will say his name since he's long dead. Scott Jackson. He went to dental school there. Apparently, according to newspaper clippings from the time and a lot of the stories, he attempted an abortion or even maybe multiple abortions on Pearl that went horribly wrong. And then after multiple failed abortions 
allegedly forced her to ingest 14 grams of cocaine, which was found in her stomach during the autopsy. But that didn't kill her. So then he allegedly slashed her throat and decapitated decapitated her so they would avoid identification. Well, I hate him. Yeah, not a good guy. It became a major crime case, and they were hanged at the same time during an execution that was a circus. It was so gruesome that reports were people were tearing down branches from the tree where the men had been uh, hung from and hanged. And they even apparently sold pearl merchandise. Yeah, it it was definitely a bad scene. That's so gross. Interestingly, a couple of interesting things about it is... Oh, she, her body was identified by the fact that she was wearing custom-made shoes and a tag inside it linked her back to Indiana. Wow. Uh, her, her body or her head was never found, however. And supposedly the men, in one of the few, the few accounts that they uh, corroborated one another on, because they were very much opposed to one another when they were arrested... Um, and trying to sell out the other one. But apparently they both did admit that they had thrown the head in a river. So the other guy's name was Alonzo Walling. His involvement is rather up for debate because he said that it was Jackson who was the killer. He had nothing to do with it. And then apparently Jackson wrote a letter even exonerating Alonzo Walling but then his final words on the gallows did not do so. Meanwhile, Walling is said, and again, it's really hard to you know verify whether this happened. It was mentioned in some newspaper clippings. Walling apparently said his final words was that he was innocent and that he would haunt this location forever. And here so, we go. Well, there's actually more. So oh, Bobby Bobby Mackey's Music World also. So Slaughterhouse was torn down. New building was uh, built on that spot. Uh, it was a club called the Primrose and then eventually the Latin Quarter. And th- throughout the years, there was a lot of uh, organized crime involvement or gangsters, maybe small town mobs, maybe bigger involvement. Supposedly a... Uh, a young woman who was the daughter of a nightclub owner nightclub owner who was involved with a mob performed there and got pregnant and wanted to run off with a young singer and her father forbade it and had the singer killed and then when she her name was jo- Johanna when she discovered what had happened she poisoned her father then took her own life in the basement of the building this is really dodgy uh there's a lot of accounts of like well there's a lyric or there's a poem in the bathroom that was supposedly written by johanna but it's also a pretty popular lyric music lyric um there's so there's a lot of things that are really hard to pinpoint this one website that i go to frequently sharon hill's website called doubtful news points out that if this guy, the owner of the nightclub, was connected to the mob, there's no way that his daughter would also be a singer there. That would be scandalous. And also, he would probably keep his the organized crime part of his job away from the family, you know, the real family. That makes sense. So, yeah. so there's a lot of things with that. However, 
after all that, it was also a biker bar, and there was a, basically there's a lot of documented violence that took place in this location. In 1978, after a lot of violence, a lot of shootings, a lot of fatal shootings, uh, the the establishment was forced to close. And then in 1978, Bobby Mackey takes it over, opens it up. He claims he's a skeptic. However, the stories are that especially in the basement, things are very negative. There's a negative presence. Supposedly, there is the, so there is this drain that might go back to the slaughterhouse days. Some people call it a well. It's likely a drain and one of a few that were on the location. Supposedly, some people, or some people say that the head of Pearl was dumped in that well. Her body was, remember, killed a few miles mm-hmm. away. The basement is also where the former dressing rooms were for dancers when it was nightclubs. Um, and uh, supposedly Bobby Mackey's late wife was attacked by an invisible energy. Mm-hmm. When you get into the TV shows, Nick Groff, who had been on Ghost Adventures and Paranormal Lockdown, I know Nick, worked with him multiple occasions. He claimed that there was a dark energy there. He claimed that he saw this energy form uh, emerging from the well and moving through the location and that he also took something home with him that was dark. Zach Bagans of Ghost Adventures said he encountered and was possessed by a demonic force there. Says that his team communicated with the murderer of Pearl Bryan, Jackson. And... Zach says that it's one of the most haunted places out there. Uh, one of the top ten. Uh, I mean, it has that reputation for being one of the haunt- most haunted places. Mm. I don't know. I, I always find that claim tricky because, to my knowledge, ghosts don't fill out surveys and take census to say <laughs> how many are are at a place, but how many are living in a location. But um, but the thing is, is it is known for being... You know, some people say they've communicated with 40 different spirits there, that they walk away scratched, that the caretaker Carl was possessed, that supposed satanic worshippers were there. Um, And I know I've spoken to a lot of people that claim that it is very haunted. People that, I mean, I know Zach and Nick, but also other people that have been there and had dark forces that have been um, supposedly threatened and it's also available for rental i mean for up to 12 people and 600 bucks you can have a private night to investigate there i mean 600 bucks that's not bad so you're saying we're going to record a live episode sure actually i don't know would you want to go to a place if well so okay and the well is said to be a portal to hell or gateway to hell so let me ask you this if i if i open with that brit go into a gateway to hell would you go yeah, I would totally go to this place. Overnight. To- Even if people supposedly have attachments that go home with them. I would not go alone, but I would definitely go with a group of people. Why not? Okay. Well, would you? let's go. We're going. I probably would, but there's been times where I would have hesitated. I So here's here's my thing. Okay. A lot of information is out there about this. Bobby Mackey's website is active. Travel Channel since they filmed so many episodes there, they have a lot of information on it. I do want to really call out doubtfulnews.com and Sharon Hill's work over there because she does a really good job about debunking some less than factual claims. Now, 
that's not saying that it's not paranormal, mm-hmm. but it is incredibly important to correct in, in correct factual and historical errors. Now, this is one, since I've not investigated there, I have not been there. I know a lot of people who have. I think that you can really look at it this in a lot of different ways. It could be haunted, if you believe that, or possessed or have dark forces. Could also just be the source of a lot of folklore and mm-hmm. tales and definitely a lot of violence that's taken place in the area. Um, the Johanna story is really questionable. So, but that's become part of the, the lore of Bobby Mackey's. Um, or, you know, here's the flip side is that when so many people bring this desire to find something that if enough people are searching for it, it's going to basically draw in some sort of energy or activity that may not have already existed there. Is that a common theory? Are there other places where people say like, oh, it's just so overpopulated that that's what's causing it? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, basically there's like laws or like theories of acknowledgements and attraction Mm -hmm. sort of think of it this way, that one of the the classic, uh, warnings in folklore, whether it's, you can find it in Catholicism and stories of demons and vampire lore Everything that, like, you know, if something knocks on your door, you have to essentially open the door to invite it in. And it could sort of be similar to if you're looking for something and wanting something and trying to conjure something even, you're going to have some success doing it. Now, that's a theory. But so it's so and there's also some very legitimate uh, not paranormal reasons why this place could um, just be not a great place to hang out in. I mean, just um, physically, it is uh, near some train tracks, I understand. There's a lot of, uh, supposedly there might be a fault line. Mm. Uh, It's along an active fault line. There's a lot of power lines directly over uh, part of the building. There's a lot of iron pipes, copper wires, electrical equipment, all of those things collectively can uh, do stuff to the body, basically amp up the body in a very normal, not paranormal, very normal way that we start to feel things that um, may not, it, it makes us feel unsettled and eerie, even though it's not actually supernatural. So, you know what would make me feel unsettled and eerie is if we go and we stay overnight and I see the ghost of a cow. Since it was a slaughterhouse. Yeah. No stories of that? uh, Not that I know of. That's a pity. I would really like some animal ghosts. Um, There are are stories of animal ghosts. I don't know offhand if I can think of any cattle ghosts, but (laughs) horses. Well, they just say, like, the... I am not a vegan, but they say that the way that slaughterhouses function cause a lot of distress and anxiety to the cattle that they've studied meat and cows killed in a slaughterhouses versus a cow killed in a more 
I don't want to say natural habitat, but along those lines, that the meat has hormones in it of stress and anxiety. So I wonder if in a slaughterhouse, if there would be an elevated sense of stress and anxiety because that has been left there from the, the animals. I think that's a very legitimate observation and theory. I don't know if that's the case, but fear chemicals essentially, um, you know, something leaving some sort of emotional imprint on an area. I am also not a vegetarian. However, I fully acknowledge that if that you, know, you are taking life, mm-hmm. you are taking life. And when there's so much life being taken in such a brutal manner in a slaughterhouse, especially, especially, maybe not that we've gotten much better, but especially in the late 1800s. Yes. Um, so. But that said, so that's Bobby Mackey's, and it is definitely a place that combines horrible crime and death and then a reputation for being haunted. So whether or not it actually is, it, it's certainly a good location for a ghost story. Can't so, wait to go. Right, right after this, right yeah. after the isolation ends. Yeah, road trip. Road Great. trip. to you by Manscaped. And to talk about the men's grooming kits, we have one of its fiercest fans, Mr. Lawrence Talbot, an actual werewolf from London. Right, love. Cheers for having me on, although I prefer lycanthrope. The whole WW word is a bit unseemly. Although I should also note I have been an American citizen for a while now. Ah, so that would explain that almost indistinguishable British accent. Anyhow, Larry, I'm surprised you're in wolf form, even though there's not a full moon out. That's right. Well, I used to view my condition as a bit of a curse, what with all the hair everywhere. But with the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 and its durable skin-safe ceramic blade, which has small teeth, unlike myself, I can be quite the dapper wolf with my crown jewels, if you will, remaining secure. Now I actually prefer to stay in wolf form permanently. Pardon me for saying so, but you have a lot of hair. It must take you forever to groom. Most certainly. It takes quite a bit of time. Thankfully, the lawnmower 3.0 holds a 90-minute charge, so I have all the time in the world. And with the built-in LED light, I can even see on a moonless night as I... As I trim my... my dolly bits. My undercarriage. My John Thomas. Right, right, we get it. Wolfman's got nards. And with Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0's waterproof technology, you can even clean up in the moors on a rainy English or American night. It's perfectly splendid, isn't it? And speaking of moors, I still do enjoy taking a bite out of the occasional backpacker. But with the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Spray Toner, any passers-by that comes close will only smell the aroma of the freshest dangly bits. But don't take our word for it, or even that of a gentleman lycanthrope. Because with the code NIGHTMERICA, you can get 20% off a Manscaped order and receive free shipping. Head to manscaped.com and enter code NIGHTMERICA, and you can check out their anti-chafing boxer briefs, weed whacker nose hair trimmer, and crop cleanser hair and body wash, all from... Wolf Manscaped. No? 
only from Manscaped. Manscaped, the right tools for the job. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Um, so my story today actually has kind of a country-ish twist to it. I am talking today about the disappearance of Brian Schaefer. Does that name sound familiar to you? No, I wish it did, because I feel like, <laughs> I feel bad for Brian Schaefer. <laughs> well, I don't even not, know the story yet. It's not a super well-known story outside of the true crime community, so I first want to throw out my sources, because I have a habit of forgetting about that. Uh, I got most of my information from a Medium article, Love the Medium website. It was written by Brenda Thornlow. Also, our trusted Wikipedia. Make sure to donate. Um, And then one of my favorite podcasts, Crime Junkie by Britt Prewa and Ashley Flowers. They did an episode called Missing Brian Schaefer. That's really excellent. Um, So, Brian Schaefer, he was born in 1979 in Ohio. Not that much of an age difference between Brian and Aaron. See? I can be nice. Okay. Um, he was a laid back, fun guy. Um, he graduated with a degree in microbiology, which sounds not super laid back, but I am here to tell you he was a huge Buffett head. Um, so parrot head, parrot head. Is that what they're called? Yeah, they're called parrot heads. Okay. He was a huge, so this is already, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. No, please. This is a, this is already unsettling me because unsettling to me because this guy sounds like a likable guy super very well other than the microbiology could be me could be i will say brian schaefer was also super attractive if anyone googles him okay Uh, so not like me (laughs) you said it not me (laughs) like let's no no don't worry aaron we'll create the distinction between you and brian incredibly smart and very attractive oh (laughs) Anyway, so he was a super genius parrot head. Um, In 2006, he was 27 years old, and he was a second-year student at the Ohio State University, 
College of Medicine. Um, so he was going places in the world. He had a super ambitious girlfriend in Alexis Wagner. She was also studying medicine. So they were just like the couple to be. Um, he was also super close with his family. If you look online, there's pictures of him with his parents at his white coat ceremony. It's really lovely. Um, but at the beginning of March that year, uh, 2006, he lost his mother um, to bone cancer, which is really horrible, especially um, being so close to her. And he took the death really hard, but everyone kind of says he was coping in the best way that you could. So Friday, March 31st, it was the end of his finals, which, I mean, I went to art school, so I don't know how finals go in the medicine field, but I'm going to imagine they're pretty insane. Um, but it's the end of finals and the beginning of spring break. So he met his dad for dinner to celebrate, um, and his dad's told reporters that Brian just looked super worn out. Um, he was staying up all night for finals and had just lost his mom and he was just really looking like he was in a bad place and his dad told him like maybe just after dinner you just go home you just go to bed and you know take it easy but of course he was at Ohio State he wanted to party um, so at 9 p.m. that night he met his friend Clint at a bar called the Ugly Tuna Saluna which I just love the name of. And it sounds like a classy establishment. Definitely. Anything Saluna. Um, how many people are also eating their weight in tuna right now because it's like the canned meat that they can get? <laughs> <laughs> so maybe the story's a little triggering in quarantine. Um, but the ugly tuna saluna at the time was located on High Street. It has since moved on the campus. Um, but at the time, High Street was like, I guess, where all the local college bars are. I visited U of I at one point, um, and they kind of have a street like this where it's just where all these college bars and all the college kids go to party. Um, so yeah, so this is like a hot spot place where they went. It's a 15 minute walk from the medical center. So it's where all the things happen. Um, they went bar hopping after meeting there, and they did a shot at each bar that they went to. Now, okay. I'm here to say they started at 9, and midnight was the end of their bar hopping, doing a shot at each location. So, that's like a long time. Um, they met their friend Meredith, and she drove them back to the Ugly Tuna Saluna, and they were there to watch a band play. So now we're getting into it. The CCTV footage at the bar shows the three of them going up the escalator to the bar uh, because it's on the second floor at 1.15 a.m. And then at 1.55 a.m., the CCTV footage shows Brian back outside talking to two women before he steps back back off camera to enter the bar. Um, now at 2 p.m. the bar closed and there was a huge group leaving and his two friends, Clint and Meredith, were unable to find him. And they figured he just left without telling them. Which Do you mean you know, 2 a.m.? Sorry. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. Thank you. 2 a.m. Um, they assumed he just left without telling them. It's like a 15-minute walk. You know, it's fine. So the rest of that weekend... 
Brian's girlfriend, Alexis, and his dad frequently are trying to get a hold of him. Like, calling him, he's not answering. Alexis goes to his apartment and sees that he's not even there. Um, and the sad thing is they actually had tickets to go to Miami for their spring break. So Alexis shows up to the airport and she goes and she's like, maybe he'll have some crazy story to tell me of why he didn't answer my phone calls. And she waits for him to go to the airport. But when the flight starts boarding, he doesn't ever show. And so she immediately calls the police and reports him missing. They go in and start searching immediately. Um, they start by viewing all the CCTV footage. Um, the what's tricky with the cameras that they had there is and i don't know a lot about cameras but i guess some of them were stationary where it just showed everyone you know going in and out but then some of the ones in the bar were motion activated so if there was action in one spot they would pivot over to that area um but the police really do their work and they watch everyone enter the bar and they make note of them and then they watch everyone leave the bar and they checked off every single person that came in also left except for Brian. He is never ever seen leaving the bar, um, which is so frightening. So one option that they bring up is that there's a service exit that's like right by a freight elevator that goes into a construction site, but there is a camera on that but I guess it's one of the motion activated ones he's never seen leaving that either but it could be maybe it malfunctioned and it just missed him leaving you know that's a theory that they're leaving open um, but his car was still at the apartment nothing was missing at his apartment no money was taken from his account um, his girlfriend called him multiple times a day um, all the time and actually in September because she would do it nonstop. Um, in September, the phone rang three times before going to voicemail, which I did some research. Apparently this happens. It's a glitch. Singular, which was his phone carrier, said it is most likely due to a technical glitch, but it did ping 14 miles northwest of Columbus. So if it was working, it's not like he fled to Mexico because it did still ping in state. Um, his wallet, phone, and body have never been found. So the question is, did he run away? Was he murdered? Personally, I don't think that he ran away. I think the death of his mom was super hard. Um, but he was the oldest of two little brothers and was close to his dad and had an amazing life that he loved. I don't think he would be the type of person who would just up and leave his family, even if he was going through a hard time. Um, also with this, he had a big Pearl Jam tattoo on his arm. And I think that if he had fled his life um, and abandoned his identity, people would still see his Pearl Jam tattoo. And that's not something that he could hide. Um, a second theory is that he fell into a hole in this construction site that was out back behind the bar. Um, I, I guess it's possible. Um, he could have fallen in. The, that seems like a stretch. It seems. I agree. It seems like a stretch. Um, I personally think that if he did, that construction workers would have found him. 
um but right it's almost like a movie hijinks level if like oh this the you know concrete is pouring at the same time that he falls and nobody sees him get covered up by concrete that's exactly definitely a stretch it seems like a stretch um what's interesting is that the like complex that this bar was in like i said it was on the second floor this entire building has been purchased and is going to be torn down to recreate an office building um actually just happened i believe end of last year so if that is the case maybe some clues turn up in this but personally i feel that is super unlikely um the third theory and what i believe um is that his life just took a really dangerous end um that he maybe was just drunk and left out this service exit or walked out of some sort of back door and was missed on one of these cameras because he was drunk and just like wandered away and was killed or you know fell into the river or something um a possible offer or option as well is the smiley face killers um are you familiar with the smiley face killers Yes, I am, and I mean, I know it's a disputed... It's super disputed. ...theory, and, uh, but correct me if I'm wrong, but basically tends to be connected with a lot of people, uh, young men mm-hmm. in particular, that are found uh, in water, bodies of water, mm-hmm. and but instead of being drowned, the theories are that they were victims of either one serial killer or a series of serial serial Mm -hmm. serial killers and there's typically graffiti found nearby of a smiley face Mm -hmm. does that that nail it exactly it and what it's disputed for is because a smiley faces are one of like the number one things that are graffitied um so it's not like there's fresh wet paint that's being stumbled upon it could be old graffiti that they just happen to also be by and that the dates and locations really span where we don't know if it could be one person or a group of people. Um, what's really interesting is that studies show that in times like these men could be so intoxicated, you tend to walk in a, like your body senses and walks in a downward path. And when you go down, you often stumble upon water. Um, your body just kind of finds that naturally. So that could be the thing. But what makes me think that this could be something to do with the smiley face killers is that in 2016, so almost exactly 10 years later to the day, um, a man by the name of Joey LaBute was found um, a 15 minute walk from the Ugly Tuna Saluna in a river uh, round next to a graffiti of a smiley face. So it's interesting it sounds like to me there's a lot of coincidences that are being used to substantiate a pattern which a lot of things a lot of you know a lot of stories tend to do the the thing i do want to say though is i i mean you mentioned earlier that you don't believe that he would he had a good life and you don't believe he would leave behind his father and two younger brothers but there's a lot of things that people do people commit Mm -hmm. heinous crimes and murders and we can never really know the mindset 
of a person or what they are capable of doing especially if push comes to shove if he was so broken or racked with the with grief from the loss of his mother or if he believed that his life was not on the right track and the loss of his mother you know shook something in him where he decided disappearing was the only way or and i mean as far as the tattoo thing goes that's Mm -hmm. fairly easy to sort out within a couple hours you can you can cover up a tattoo or get it turned into something else especially if it's like oh i guess uh, it never dawned on me that he could have had it covered up with something else yeah that's true but you know i know that mentioning that he was he wanted to be in a jimmy buffett band or whatever he could have he could have wanted to pursue that kind of life. True. Um, Is that what you one think? Never, one, one never knows. I mean, I will say that there was a conversation that I had with someone that um, was close to me uh, just discussing a person in my life that we had wondered if that same if, – if the person had met foul play, committed mm-hmm. suicide, or faked their own death. And – it's it's a tragic end no matter what but mm-hmm. there's maybe a part of you that wishes for faking their own death because it it gives some sort of hope that they're still out there but it also then reveals that they just left ghosted on their life yeah um, so that is sad that is weird that's yeah uh, it's interesting it's especially very since sad. there was no money no no material gain or no His material car was objects there. that had gone mm-hmm. yeah so that thing is is rather odd mm-hmm. um now you did you failed to mention i don't know maybe you're waiting for it and that a psychic was consulted on this right no i didn't know that yeah how did i miss that i love psychics the father well you know let's take all psychics oh. with a grain of salt that the psychic said he would be found in a body of water yeah i did see that and his father you know is because his father continued to search for um that that's just sad like a dad not knowing what happened to his son oh it's horrible interesting though yeah well that's a that's a quirky case um so the uh, something i i was thinking about was so okay smiley face killers serial killers have you ever given thought to so chuck klosterman is an author uh an author and essayist Uh, i quite like his work but he wrote at one point he wrote this essay about people that had unknowingly come into contact with serial killers out at bars was one of his examples um someone that was i think sharing a drink and and I think even shared a dance with someone that later ended up being a serial killer. But have you ever given thought to if you just cross paths with a serial killer or had a conversation in a bar or in a restaurant or on the subway with someone that then goes about their this this dark uh, alter ego, dark, you know, pursuit of murder? Yeah. I definitely have. I mean, I don't know if any of it's true, but like I told during our internet episode, I went on a really scary date. I'm lucky that it ended well. Um, But who knows? I mean, he was so aggressive with me over such a silly topic that you never know how someone like that could react. I think it's very... But that's like... Sorry, go on. 
Oh no, I'm just thinking it's very highly likely that maybe we haven't met someone that has the magnitude of being a serial killer, but maybe we've met someone that has committed some sort of crime and you don't know. The, the thing I found, well, so the person that you encountered that was being very aggressive, your, your danger sense and sense of self-preservation kicked in. Yeah. But there's so many people out there that are so good about masking it that you oh, don't Ted Bundy. Hello. pick up on it. So the that's what I find really skin crawling yeah. is interacting with someone that you think is just a normal person. And then for whatever reason, later yes. on, you find out that you had interacted with some sort of monster. Yeah. Well, Rodney Alcala was on the dating game. Like, that's nuts. So before we wrap it up, here's just, I wouldn't really call it a coincidence, but a quirky little tidbit. So we, when we come up with these ideas, either we start with, like, one story, and Britt says, oh, I got a cool true crime one that's in a bar. I'm like, oh, cool, I'll base it around that. Or we both randomly say, oh, let's talk about theme parks whatever and end up in opposite parts of the world and uh the well parts of the country but here's something weird my story in kentucky is ended up randomly only being about like 100 miles away from where your story took place Mm -hmm. like a two-hour drive that is eerie i found it kind of eerie I mean, yeah. just an interesting, I mean, interesting turn of events that we both, in this big, grand country across these fifty-two states, we could have ended up in uh, in the same same location. So um, yeah, there are fifty-two states, no. right? <laughs> oh, no, there's only fifty. I didn't want to correct you on it because I it wasn't even entirely certain that I heard you say that, and we're definitely keeping this in. Um, we will keep it in. I didn't go to school in America, guys. It's not my fault. I figured 50 plus Alaska and Hawaii. No, no. Oh. More like 48 plus Alaska and Hawaii. But noted for, noted the future. for the future. But that said, it was just interesting that uh, this story, you know, is basically next door neighbors to one another. Next door neighbors. I love so, it. Anyhow. I would also like to say a thank you to our listeners. Um, I obsessively check the analytics of this website, and I have found that we have two listeners in India, two in the United Kingdom, and two in Canada. So I just want to so say thank, thank you. you for all five of you, whoever found. It. I mean, of course, we've got people in the United States too, but I just think it's very cool. It's very humbling to me to be doing something where someone in India, who I don't even know, could be listening. So thank you, and if you have any great stories of creepy things in india we would love to hear them um, hopefully they're still downloading this this many yeah. episodes in and <laughs> they haven't given up on it but yeah. that said how would people reach out to us if thank they're from you india for or that New segue. York or wherever um wherever you're located you can send us an email at nightmericashow at gmail.com you can find us on instagram at nightmerica podcast you can find my co-host at Aaron Sagers. Uh, he's got that blue verified check mark. 
Um, I am at that shop girl, although I don't post really interesting things, so I'm not offended. I'd rather you follow Nightmarica. Um, and then, of course, we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, we just ask that you please rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps uh, small but mighty podcasts like us. And that said, wherever you may find us, we hope we find you right back here for another episode of Nightmarica. Keep it weird, people. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.